past eight seasons, and they were really keen to imagine the project for this new era. It's curated by Bonnie, Daisy Joe, and Sam Chimes. Audience members select a title from the collection of 30-plus, and we quote, air, air quote here, virtual humans in the collection, one of which is our very own DJ Denise. Something that intrigues them or confuses them, they will then proceed into a one-on-one digital face-to-face conversation with their virtual human and a person who will share the true personal story that is reflected in their title over the course of 20 minutes. So it's really, really cool. The booking process is different than most events, so you've got to follow a a few steps that add some spontaneity and surprise in choosing your storyteller bookings. So please read carefully before purchasing and visit zztheater.ca to check out and take part in this. It's going to be amazing. Uh, Saturday, March 20th at 7 p.m. <laughs> at 7 p.m. Pacific time, it's Nuns Thanks a Day. We sisters know our path isn't to everyone, and there are other amazing people in our community who we like to recognize for the outstanding ways they live their lives through their devotion to public service, social activism, and spiritual enlightenment. And they do this by granting sainthood in the order of the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Sainthood is the highest honor that can be given by the sisters. So join the sisters, the local abbey of the Long Cedar Canoe. Uh, So they're going to be welcoming into the fold 12 new saints on Saturday, March 20th. I I am very, very honored, and it's an odd thing to try and put on a CV, Denise, but I was very honored to be made a saint of the order of the Long Cedar Canoe when the abbey was first created. And it's like, you know, how do you put that on a... I'll put that on my resume, sure. Oh, by the way, you have to give me a job because I'm a saint. Yes! We've been sainted. (laughs) Anyone looking at that like, Barb's a saint? There's an eye roll. (laughs) (laughs) A big eye roll. (laughs) So uh, kudos to all the new new saints that are going to be joining me. But uh, this this is a cool, fun thing. And it's actually a great opportunity, folks, to... um, to see and uh, learn more about some of the people in your community that are doing great things. More keys with Maggie B. Uh, Monday, March 15th at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, this episode will be broadcast to both unicorns.live and to Facebook. Viewers accessing the show on unicorns.live will have to register for an account. The live preview will be free of charge on Facebook, but all future episodes will only be available live for super unicorn subscribers. I want, I want like a cape. I want a cape that says I'm a super unicorn subscriber. I want a big fat unicorn on my back <laughs> i have to go check out this unicorn slide have you ever heard of it before yes yes, yes. i i have, a, I have no idea i'm like oh it's all new I, i'm a i'm a bit slow oh. but it's available on demand 48 hours after the live show episodes may also be purchased for 8.99 plus tax more keys with maddie p hits the interwebs on monday march 1st which is uh last week at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard, and you can visit the Matthew Presidente Facebook page for deets. Uh, Matthew is, of course, an old dear friend of us here at Queer FM. And that is your Van Bag listings for uh, the week of March 9th. We want to thank everyone. That kind of wraps up the show, don't it, girl? Yeah, we're all done. Hey, hey another Tuesday. Hey, another one. We want to thank our, our guests for coming on. Um, we had... Uh, so much fun speaking with Rivki today. Yes. We want to, and of course, don't forget uh, Rivki's new single, Nikki Nikki on the Zoom Zoom, because I just had to say <laughs> that word, that, that phrasing one more time. You just love it. <laughs> yeah, we want to thank uh, Phil Connell and Thomas Duplessis from the uh, new indie LGBTQ uh, film, Jump Darling, which also features a whole cast of uh, people that uh, you may know, like Tenomi Banks, Cloris Leachman in her last role, Jane Eastwood. Please do go check that out it is available as of today on apple google play and vod and support great queer uh arts and culture and that's it for us thanks everyone for coming uh, for coming and joining us today and we'll be back of course next tuesday 8 till 10 a.m pacific standard time here on citr radio thanks and have a safe week. you're listening to citr 101.9 broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional 
unceded Coast Salish territory of the Hunkaminam-speaking Musqueam people. Welcome back to CITR 101.9 FM. You're listening to Real World. I'm your host, Jin. And today, uh, you're, we're also being joined with, by Michael Dang. Hi. I just realized it's almost been like almost two years since I was last on Real World with Augustine. Yeah. In a a while, but I'm like so excited to be back. There was like one time where I was on for like four straight real worlds. And then I I'm so excited to be back. Hello. I am hi, I'm Michael Dang. I am film liaison um for the year 2020, 2021. Um yeah, here at Film Sock. Yeah. Um so I uh Super excited to be here. Um, I would also like to mention that we're broadcasting um, from our homes right now, uh, but CITR is located on unceded Musqueam and Coast Salish territory uh, on the UBC campus in Vancouver. So um, 
yeah I just a bit more also about real world uh we had our first episode in a while since um the hiatus uh and I'm really glad to be back um yeah yeah thanks like like you said Michael uh for, for since the last time you were here it's been it's been a good good two years so um I'm excited to talk about Agnes Varda today in terms of like, well, okay. So I, um, in terms, I, I watched, we, we kind of decided that we'd go and like watch whichever ones we wanted. Um, I, I gave Jin a bit of homework, but it's okay. Yeah, it's okay you, if you didn't do the homework, <laughs> it's all right. Um, so to introduce the films uh, that we'll be talking about in today, just in a, in some more detail to give uh, all of all of y'all some more information about that. So, Cleo from Five to Seven, um, film studies staple, as staple as you can get. As it's it's just it's everywhere. It's but it's so good though. So I <laughs> I do like it. Um, and yeah, I've I watched it. I watched it in first year Fist One Hundred watched it again like last month for art history 445 oh really uh, these are ubc courses yeah wow um and uh really really yeah so so a little plot summary um i don't actually this one is kind of spoilable so i'm not gonna just, I like, suppose it bit. is, but like, yeah. I, she kind of gets she kinda, the death sentence from like, the yeah, very from, first scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like a tarot reading that she's doing and, you know, classic, like, it's an aerial view of these like tarot cards and it's just uh, some narration talking about her fortune. And then she kind of goes about, um, goes back home to her apartment and has like a whole time with her kittens and lover and and, <laughs> and it's she's like a, she's a she's a pop singer right she's a pop singer and she's yeah. like she has this like swing just like on there you know so it's like she swing hanging from her ceiling uh very minimalist but also kind of classy classy very luxurious items strewn about the, it's a very sparse studio yeah, yeah. minimalist yeah. yeah and it's um and then once she like leaves her apartment so so the reason why we watched it in 445 you know she has her whole experience in the city mm. being you know kind of a, like a flaneur walking walking through all these parts and 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 going through an experience um you know after getting this like diagnosis death sentence basically um yeah spoiler she ha she has cancer and it's a lot about her anxiety about <laughs> yeah you know about this sort of because she starts the film off kind of having this um she thinks that she has cancer and the doctors are gonna call her and mm -hmm. so she's just waiting to get the confirmation even though it's this sort of lingering thing that she kind of knows is inevitable yeah yeah, yeah. she has just like such such a there's such a burden that you can feel as she is is walking through um the city and it's like and it's just she, like um you can kind of feel all 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 of it uh the same way all the same way the anxiety just kind of hangs in the air like you're saying but, but what's yeah. yeah what's really interesting about this movie is that i watched um the the last film that agnes varda ever made which was called Var varda by agnes mm -hmm, and that's another mm -hmm. uh, self portrait in which she kind of goes through her filmography and talks mm -hmm. about her intentions behind each film and yeah. what I find kind of interesting and to kind of bring up this sort of uh like you were saying about the flaneur or the flanus and this mm -hmm. in this mm -hmm. woman what yes. Agnes said which really kind of stuck out to me is that in the first half of the film um Cleo is this sort of object that is everyone looks at her yeah and in the midway point is the song. Mm -hmm, and then in mm -hmm. the last part of the film, she kind of comes into her own and she kind of finds her own voice within that sort of 
hour and a half. Oh, and yeah, and to just to um, uh, introduce people about the sort of the structure of the film, it's supposed to be in real time, pretty much. Mm, isn't mm -hmm, isn't mm -hmm, it Jim? Mm -hmm. like it's supposed to be like it's yeah, roughly yeah. like yeah, five yeah. to seven like in the yeah tunnel. basically basically like yeah 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 no it's, it feels it feels like it. it it is exactly almost two hours so you are following that anxiety her anxiety for two hours um which yeah really how, how do you feel about that what what do you mean by that how do i feel about that well, know, it's, like, it's well, what it's what are well I, I know your favorite varda films but i guess like how do you feel about the yeah i guess the bigger question is like how do you how, how do you rate cleo um in terms Ooh, of yeah. yeah cleo's a movie that i think i enjoy more with vagabond and gleaners and i and sort of mm -hmm. i remember a couple of years ago i watched it kind of divorced from the rest of her filmography and i yeah, and yeah. i loved it a lot like you know <gasps> oh, black and white yeah. paris you know yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you love that but yeah in, but it yeah i i wouldn't say it's my top favorite varda film mm -hmm. i i would say that like the the other two that i brought up gleaners and i is like the feel-good one for me like that's mm -hmm. the one that and vagabond is a lot like Gleaners and I, but is a lot more depressing. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah, I, okay, okay. Can you finish your ranking? And then also, can you talk about Vagabond it's hard, a bit it's, more? It's, it's hard to rank them though. Like I know, I know, like, it's not, it's not the best question. <laughs> yeah, like sometimes, yeah, like sometimes, okay, I'm gonna let, um, I'm gonna let the listeners into our, into our inner conversations, but I have oh, been told, yes. can you rank the Taylor Swift album? <laughs> and I'm just like, I can't do I it. I can't I do it. I couldn't either. I can't do it. I know. So it's you similar to Agnes. You sent me the link and I couldn't do it. I, I never <laughs> was able to do it. <laughs> I know. It's just so hard. So that's why I can't do with Agnes. But because mm. I feel like, you know, she's just such a singular voice. I'll talk about Vagabond a bit. You don't mind, Jin, if it's a bit spoilery, right? And That's okay. Gonna... okay. That's okay. Gotcha. Also, before you go into it, I just want to note that, um, yeah, I, I, I appreciate and admire your, your hoodie right now. Yes, I am so wearing well. Taylor merch right now. <laughs> I, mean, I am. Yeah. We'll 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 have a we'll have a real world about Miss Americana. Oh, okay. Fully. Yeah. <laughs> we, we have a real world about Miss Americana. <laughs> or cats. Uh, oh my God! All the Taylor Swift movies. Just the Taylor. So that that would include thing. Valentine's Day as well. Oh, and... Valentine's. <laughs> Okay, so um, where, where were we talking about? Vagabond, Vagabond, right? yeah. Okay, so Vagabond's a very interesting film because it follows this sort of drifter character. Her name is Mona. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. At the very start of the film, we see her corpse. Her corpse is oh my God. discovered. Yeah. And um, David Bordwell, who some people in Fist 100 might have been forced to buy the $70 textbook, Bordwell and Thompson. Uh -huh, Is it uh -huh, film uh -huh. art or art of cinema or something? Yeah, I think it's I like watched... art of, I think it's art, cinema art yeah, something, it's like, something. It's... The, like, yeah, yeah I, I know the one. I think I still have it. <laughs> but yes, uh, David Bordwell kind of said something really interesting about Vagabond, which is that it's mm -hmm. three incomplete movies in one. It's mm -hmm, set as mm -hmm. a road movie because mm -hmm. in the whole film it's kind of a very episodic film because it follows this character of Mona as she she's basically this this homeless woman who is basically hitchhiking to nowhere mm -hmm. and is just oh, okay. kind of and is just kind of um <laughs> meeting people and shunning them and taking from them but also finding connections with them and leaving yeah, yeah. them huh wow it's about a very sort of unsympathetic character yeah yeah, yeah but yeah. it's a character that i ultimately had a lot of empathy and a lot of sympathy mm -hmm. for and i think that's again the agnes voice coming through yeah 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 um because you know i just i just when i was watching that movie i just thought about how like 
capitalism sucks and you know how <laughs> even the most like she she's a character who doesn't want to be beholden to anyone and yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like a lot of in a lot of um my fellow students in college kind of get this where it's it's just so frustrating to be put in a box by society and being forced to get approval from like people who are more powerful than you and that approval can come through like you know paychecks like you literally have to get approval in order to live and breathe and survive in this world and it's kind of yeah it's it's effed up right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it is effed up that we all have to you know fit into this box so um yeah Yeah. that's a I'm gonna save some of the you know uh the more uh we can have a we can have a vagabond conversation some other day Mm -hmm. but it is it but now that you say that it is kind of very narratively similar to Cleo in the way that it's just kind of like this following this one woman kind of just aimlessly traveling to nowhere yeah. yeah and yeah but oh it does sound really similar yeah the way you sort of paint the picture um and what I'm getting uh from you about it because because the you know feeling very empathetic towards a character is also just like very much uh, yeah I, I think coming from the intimacy that 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 Varda can achieve with with um with establishing those relationships for you yeah Oh yeah, and to finish the Boardwell thought, because I remember I brought it up and I want to finish this for the the listeners. But yeah, David Boardwell did this kind of like quick little video for the Criterion Collection about Vagabond. Mm-hmm. And he says, the way Varda sets it up are these sort of three incomplete movies in one and subverts mm-hmm. the expectations of each of them. So it's a road yeah. movie in the way <laughs> that Mona is kind of going on a road trip to nowhere. Yeah. It's a mystery because it's an investigation of Mona's death, but it kind of gets solved in the first like two or three minutes. And it's a a network narrative in which all the secondary characters are connected in some ways. And that doesn't really lead anywhere, but it's a good thing about the movie because Mm -hmm. it just asks the viewer. And now that I'm thinking about it, she gives a lot of agency uh, to the viewer in something like Gleaners and I to really just ask questions about how we treat other people, right? Yeah, and how yeah, we yeah. look at other people and what are our judgments of other people that yeah. harm them, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that was very well said, Michael. Really, yeah. yeah, yeah I just, yeah. <laughs> I, think the, I think the one part of Gleaners and I that really sticks out for me is kind of toward the end there is that man, his name is uh, Alan or Alan. Mm -hmm. And he's Mm -hmm. this character who Agnes spots um, consistently going to the farmer's market after it closes and like picking up the scraps, like eating Mm -hmm. celery and lettuce from the leftovers. And he's somebody who kind of from first glance, you kind of think, okay, maybe this guy's a bit of a parasite. He's a bit of a leper. He just takes Mm -hmm. the scraps of society. But then she goes up and talks to him and he turns out to be a teacher for like these low income immigrants mm-hmm. and at night school. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so he actually, even if you, you have this sort of like impression of him when you first see him like picking up the scraps, but he actually gives back to the community so much. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the most, yeah, poignant and beautiful twists of that film to me. Yeah, and and I and I um I guess kind of connecting it to like the the whole idea of how Varda to, is is very much facilitating our connection to this person, but but she she kind of steps away, you know, and 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 uh, this subjectivity of 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 the of the people she interviews is is a lot more present, but um yeah I, I just I just love how she does it basically I'm just gushing about Varda and like who she is as a person I guess now um and and yeah like I like I, I think I think it's uh just um so re- requires requires a lot of empathy on on her part 
as well, you know? Yeah. How are we doing with time? Are we okay with time or are we running out? Um, well, we should take a quick uh, a break. We're going to okay. take a music We're gonna take break, a break right break. now. And, music. Um, <laughs> just, uh, yeah, we'll be back.
the world was a better place because of Kim Kardashian's empire, Cheetos, fleece material, and Discorder. It's a local independent music magazine from CITR. Which means that we can print whatever we heckin' want. Album and live show reviews, interviews with artists, and sweet illustrations grace our pages. And even you, listener, can contribute. Just visit citr.ca backslash discorder backslash contribute. You can grab it around town or read it at discorder.ca. Forever local and forever free. TransCare BC works to enhance the coordination of trans health services across the province and offer expanded health services to support transgender communities. They are doing this by developing gender-affirming client-centered models of service, ensuring access to gender-affirming and supportive healthcare that is equitable and available, and supporting network development to make sure trans and gender-diverse individuals, their families, and healthcare providers have access to information, resources, and support. Check out phsa.ca to learn more about this program and lend your voice to help create an inclusive and supportive system for trans members of our community. Without the help and support of our friends, we here at CITR wouldn't be able to bring you all the great music, art, cinema, and culture that you love. Thanks to the long-standing support from the Rio Theatre, we are able to keep you informed on all the great artists, films, and everything else coming to town there. For all the current information about who and what's playing at the Rio Theatre, visit their website at www.riotheatre.ca. Tune in every other Sunday from 3 to 4 p.m. for Blood on the Saddle with your host, Dan N. For real, authentic country.
busy. <laughs> it is the middle of March. Yes. It is. Yeah. I have like a we also I also have a, a Norm Selects next week, just if anybody's listening, I'm gonna plug it. Oh Norm Selects yes, with Elmea Tailfeathers and um Kathleen Hepburn, who were the two directors of The Body Remembers When the World Broke Open. Saturday, mm-hmm. March 20th, 6 p.m. PST. <laughs> I will catch you there. Oh my but god. Anyway, yeah. So so <laughs> it's so cool that you got them. Uh, I know. Um, I'm so excited. I've not met them yet, but I'm I'm gonna be so excited to talk to them. I have a lot of questions, but yes. So wonderful, wonderful. Maybe we can do the next one. Oh, anyway, I'm just having thoughts about the next <laughs> real world show. <laughs> I rewatched Cleo for this as well so i can i can talk about i can talk about cleo a bit okay okay yeah they they always assign that one for lots of film classes (laughs) yeah Uh, because that one's kind of the canonical like mm -hmm. um yeah that one is kind of uh when what year was cleo from five to seven like sometime late early 60s 60s. i want to say 60s i don't know exactly what year but yeah, kind of dead in the middle 1962. of 1962. Oh, so really early 60s. Yeah. So we kind of have like um in terms of French New Wave, her mm-hmm. her um her contemporaries are kind of like Francois Truffaut's doing the 400 blows yeah, in 59, yeah, yeah. Breathless by Godard is in 1960. And she's often kind of cited as kind of kickstarting off the French New Wave or mm-hmm. um, her her first ever debut film, um, La Pointe Court, has a lot of the same similar aesthetics, but that film was released in 1954. So she yeah. kind of, she's, uh, yeah, I think she's starting to get more credit now, but mm-hmm. she kind of mm-hmm. predates a lot of the more male yeah, yeah, French yeah. New Wave directors, yeah. as well as kind of being a contemporary. And as we, yeah, yeah I assigned to you Gleaners and I, which is from... <laughs> 2000 and yeah she kind of that was such a good selection um and then did you like it I did I did I liked it a lot um and I just like like yeah like like she I I think I think she's so resilient as an auteur just like because uh of the consistency that she brings to all her films like you know comparing comparing her 1962 film with a 2000 film of hers um and sort of I mean yeah for sure differences in some like I guess technical forms but like her style is still so present in Gleaners and I yeah yeah and the and the other film that I I wanted to talk about and bring to this was a vagabond, which is a film from 1985. Yeah, I really wanted to watch that. It, I just it, want to it, talk it about happens. Agnes. I love yeah. Agnes so like, much. Like I just want. Yeah, exactly. We we couldn't just choose. Yeah, it had to be just all about her. <laughs> yes, oh, because okay. So I yeah. I just want to give the listeners some backstory on on uh the real world because i really wanted to come on the real world this year and i was just i've been on an agnes journey yeah Mm -hmm. 2021 Mm -hmm. so far for me has just been like just agnes like of course i've watched other films but like it's been my agnes journey and she's somebody who i've you know always really respected and you know I, I remember when she was um, doing the Academy Awards circuit for Faces Places, and I was just like, oh, there's just this, like, small little old French woman with pink hair who's just, like, really cute. And so, so I always, like, respected her and understood that she was a great figure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And But I've been watching, I've watched, like, maybe about 11 or 12 of her features and some of her shorts here or there. And yeah. she's she's definitely, like, in my top five filmmakers ever now maybe my number one I just it's yeah she's uh I I remember there's there's a sort of like infantilation when we talk about Agnes Varda like Mm -hmm. her nickname Mm -hmm. for a while was called Little Varda yeah Little Varda of cinema but how did that what what does that mean I don't know (laughs) okay well uh I read this um essay by Amy Tobin Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's it's a by calling her little Varda and just only thinking of her through that like there is it comes from a place where there is this sort of like 
um, childlike wonder of looking in her films. Like you watch mm -hmm. The Gleaners and I, so you know yeah. the scene where yeah, she's yeah. like, where she's in the car and the trucks are going by and she's mm -hmm. like trying to crush them with her hands mm -hmm. and like mm -hmm. her fascination yeah. with like the heart-shaped potatoes. Like that's yeah. Very... There's a there's a wonder about about her. Like 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 she, like she she I. I I think I forget how she exactly said it in her quote, but um, like she's trying to very much uh, give, get, like have have those subjects be telling their own stories. But you know, inevitably, her voice and her presence is just so felt. Um, yes, exactly. And yeah, she's just she just has such a great presence, uh, and and I think that's definitely contributed to her sort of like status. Uh, and and per persevering status uh, you know like like just just the agnes um uh, yeah yeah just the varda we know is like is is so exemplified in this in gleaners and i i feel like in in the moment she she does have like her input and narration yeah for sure but mm -hmm. what i was going to say is that there is this sort of like, you know, she she does have this sort of childlike essence and wonder to her, but there is this sort of deep emotional maturity, I feel like, and a deep sensitivity mm. to other people's voices mm -hmm. and, and mm -hmm. such empathy for other people that I think that you can't really... It's it's so false to say that she's like, you know, a childish filmmaker, a childlike filmmaker, because yeah. she is right. so... what. I what I th I think of Agnes as being kind of this excellent balancer as kind yeah, of yeah she makes these sort of um cinematic and narrative risks and she makes it mm -hmm. look so effortless and one of the mm -hmm. things that I love about Gleaners and I is that there is a strain through the film where she you know films um kind of the poorer classes in France as they're gleaning, as they're picking up the leftover potatoes or the leftovers of the farmer's market. And there is a sort of parallel that she places between herself as a filmmaker and as an artist, as being a sort of gleaner, kind of like them. Yeah. But it's never an identification that I find too appropriative, if you get what I mean. Mm. I'm not sure okay. if you think differently. But it it wasn't sort of, um, yeah, I think her voice is so clear in the in the film as kind of like a narrative driver, a narrative force. But I think, you know, sh she gives others kind of the voices to kind of speak their own. Yeah, their own yeah, 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 yeah. I'm agree. not sure if you thought differently about that. No, I, I agree with that. I think there's like, there's, there's, there's this sort of intimacy created between between you and and Varda, but also with you and you know all these people that she's uh, talking to in this film. And and then at times it's like also a uh, a more multiplied intimacy. So so all at once. But I think for the most part, it's it's very. Um, you, you kind of feel connected to to them not not just not not just with Varda like inputting herself necessarily like like um yeah I, I do think this the balance of voices is very well done and and that's also you know a, a very thoughtful process that needs to um needs needs to be created during post-production and and you know I can I, I'm just you know from a filmmaking perspective I can imagine just the sort of like work of like going through all this and the decision making oh my god like I, I have such a hard time with like deciding what looks good uh, in post-production it just gets to a point of like I don't even know anymore and 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 it, yeah like you're saying it's so effortless um or seemingly effortless on her part but uh pro probably not as much as we we might think uh but it, I, it's 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 so beautiful yeah and what i what i also kind of love about this film and this is kind of uh 
much noted in the literature and she actually brings us up in the movie because she is kind of like a big presence in her own film it is mm-hmm. a self-portrait mm-hmm. in a lot of ways yeah is that in the in the turn of the 20th into the 21st century she picks up a handheld video camera and all of the gleaners and i are shot in this in this handheld video camera kind of like the type that you buy and is like fairly cheap and accessible mm-hmm. yeah and is like you shoot for kind of you know your own family home movies she picks that up and it's something that it's a kind of a motif that's very liberating for her because she says that she's like I can take this on the go I can record sound with it yeah I don't have yeah, to bring yeah, yeah. you know the big equipment or the mics and that sort of thing and and it's something that I honestly oh sorry sorry. no 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 I have a point that was a like point I want to make but I want you to finish your thought first okay yeah I think you know there it's something that I like I even notice these days gets pushed back a lot of the time is you know when something shot on an iPhone I you know I notice that some people complain about kind of the lack of depth or kind of the stilton movement but one of the reasons why I love the Gleaners and I was her embrace of this sort of video camera. And, you know, I think she subverts a lot of these unspoken rules about or conventions of what makes a film technically great. And that's yeah. one of the reasons yeah, yeah, yeah. why I feel like this movie is so successful is because it kind of, it bre- it breaks and subverts a lot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. in a... Mm-hmm. But yeah, what what was your point about the about the video camera? Um, I think I think I think real quick we should take a break. Um, oh yeah, and then great, yeah, music. Play some tunes. We'll be back soon. Will stir into the 
We better 